The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there's a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up the descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman, but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now, at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. And Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like the angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush. When he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. If you were to hear a great piece of music, let's say the Beethoven Symphony, and try to explain it to someone else who had never heard it, you might do a very good job, but the person would still have no idea of the beauty of that symphony, because the person has no experience of it. In the same way, if you were to see a movie that was very moving and try to explain it to somebody else who'd never seen it, your explanation might be very good, but still the person has no experience of it. You really can't explain it. It's like love. How do you explain love to someone? You can define it, give examples of it, but even then it falls short infinitely short, of actually experiencing it. And so it is with many things. We have to experience them. You know, 
We live in a world that seems to trivialize everything. Trivialize life itself, trivialize humanity, trivialize even God. Heaven. Death. And so we don't really seem to grasp the importance of them. Because in many ways, we have no direct experience, and yet we do. That's today's gospel, in a sense. The Lord is confronted by the Sadducees. The Sadducees, as you may remember, uh, were the high priest and his followers, the aristocrats. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the immortality of the soul. Because they said, we only accept the first five books of the scriptures as being uh, inspired. The Pentateuch. And we don't see the resurrection of the dead mentioned in those five books, therefore we don't believe in it. Now the Pharisees, on the other hand, and others did believe in the resurrection of the dead and the immortality of the soul. It's interesting, you know, you can prove from reason alone that the soul is immortal, or should be. And you can prove from reason alone that the resurrection is probable, or should be. And so they come to our Lord, and they're going to give him this rather strange case of the man who married the woman and died without child, and therefore his brother and his brother and his brother had to marry her, and there's no child. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Now, our Lord then tells us something about heaven. Did you ever notice in the scriptures how little the Lord says about heaven as far as a description? He may say the kingdom of heaven is like. Or to what can I compare it? But he doesn't tell us much about heaven because it would be like telling us about a symphony. We can't understand it. Or telling us about a movie. Except he's talking about something infinitely beautiful and we can't grasp it. But today he does tell us something about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, this is a beautiful description, as you would expect. The children of this age marry and remarry. But those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection do not. Why? Because they're no longer friends? Because we don't longer remember these people? On the contrary. First of all, there's no need for procreation. The world is finished. But most of all, because all human love is elevated to its perfection, to its fulfillment. We have a glimpse of it here on earth, but there we, everything is fulfilled in perfection. And then he says, uh, they no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God. Like angels, but we are not angels, are we? Angels are pure spirits. You and I have that odd commodity called a body. We are a combination of matter and spirit. And we're the only ones who are. Remember, that was one of the reasons we can argue from reason alone for the existence of angels, because we have inanimate matter like rocks, and then we have living matter like plants. Then we have animals that do not have intellects, but they have emotions. And then we have humans who are both matter and spirit. The one thing missing is pure spirit, and those are the angels, because then God is the uncreated pure spirit. So. Our Lord says we are like angels in what sense? That we, we look upon the vision of God. As I said, one of the things we trivialize in these days is heaven. Bishop Gosman used to joke 
he would always say, if you get to heaven and there are no strawberries, you're not in heaven. And, and then he would say, and if you go to hell and there are no metal chairs, you're not in hell. Because uh, he really hated sitting on metal chairs. And, but today we actually trivialize it. When we think about heaven in such silly ways, and about God too, we, we have a God of our own creation who does what we want him to do, and will do what we, what we want him to do, and we think heaven will be what we imagine it to be. If sometime, if you want to go into a funeral home and ask them for a catalog of caskets. Now, maybe that's not something you would find fun, but it's interesting to see what they make nowadays. You can get a casket that is in the shape of and looks like a golf bag uh, or a racing car and similar things. Uh, And that's what people think of as heaven. Believe me, if you wind up after death in one long golf match, you're not in heaven. That's not what it is. Because heaven is the culmination of everything beautiful into something that is infinite. You and I cannot imagine it. As St. Paul said, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it dawned upon the mind of man what God has uh, created for those who love him. We don't know. It's so magnificent we can't imagine it if we are willing to accept the reality of that end. So our Lord speaks to that uniqueness of heaven as being children of God. He is heaven, of course, because he is God. For many people that sounds strange, doesn't it? To look upon the face of God. Theologians always called heaven the beatific vision, the vision of God. So that nothing can be greater, so that we are constantly going into something with ever greater happiness and ever greater perfection. It never ends. Here everything ends. Nothing can be satisfying. Nothing is meant to be. There are many glimpses we have of heaven in this life, some little, some great, but that's all they are. I remember, I think I mentioned this once before, St. Thomas Aquinas, towards the end of his life, was given a vision of heaven, a brief human one, that so overwhelmed him that he never wrote again and told his secretary that everything he had written was straw and to burn it. Happily, he didn't do that. We still have his works. St. Paul had a vision like that, too, that transformed him. Many of the mystics did. You and I may get little glimpses, but the reality is something beyond our comprehension, and so it will remain. So our Lord then speaks about the resurrection of the dead, and he confronts the Sadducees by saying, or quoting from the book of Exodus, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. As people will sometimes say to me, I mention this on All Saints Day, why do you pray to the saints? Why do you ask for their intercession? They're dead. They're a lot more alive than we are. They look upon the face of God. There is one difference, though. The souls of the blessed are perfectly happy, but incomplete, in the sense that we cannot be complete until the resurrection, until we receive our bodies back in a glorified state. Then we are complete. Uh, But the saints, again, are a whole lot more alive than we are in the sense that they are looking upon the face of God. And we then look towards that also. I always ask our servers before we go to Mass um, where we are going and we are about to enter into, and of course the answer is, heaven. 
here. The heavenly liturgy comes down to earth, and we up enter into that here and now. Some people will say, well, I don't think it's heaven. You know, it's, in fact, I don't get anything out of it. I find it boring. I don't know why I even go. What's happening here is heaven is coming to earth. That's why the church gives us so many symbols to surround it, all the way from music to vestments to incense, to try in some way to convey to us the infinite beauty of what's happening on that altar when God comes to earth. That's heaven. For a few moments, you and I are in heaven. Never, of course, when we're in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, we are in heaven, because he is heaven. Uh, and so we come today, once again, to enter into that infinite beauty. Uh, and the more we open ourselves up to it, the greater will be our experience, and the greater our love. So we begin today what we hope will end in the perfection of that vision. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. During National Vocation Awareness Week, we pray for those communities that do not have enough priests and that more young men will respond to the church's need. We pray to the Lord. For all charged with the common good, especially those who work with youth, that they will help children and young adults to discern their vocations, we pray to the Lord. Lord for single people who long for a spouse or who have not discovered their life's calling, that the Holy Spirit answer their prayers and bring them consolation and peace, we pray to the Lord. For all the priests and religious who have served our parish, both living and dead, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the church throughout the world, especially for the church suffering, and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our nation, particularly at this time, uh, as we elect our new leaders, we will be aware of those important elements so essential to the common good for all those running for public office, and for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they will know that they are united to his love in their suffering, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, especially this week as we vote for an end to abortion, euthanasia, embryonic stem cell research, and human cloning, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop as he prepares to leave us, for his successor, for our administrator, whomever they may be, for our priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. They will first of all be saints. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen.
may they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed that young men and women in our parish will follow the example of the Blessed Mother by remaining open to God's will in their lives, we pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those uh, of the Mother of Mercy and the Queen of Confessors as we sing. (laughs) 